For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. From Hollywood, it's the Frank Morgan Show. This is Marvin Miller, ladies and gentlemen, ushering in another session with that lovable, laughable Frank Morgan, the genial Don Amici, and charming Francis Langford with Carmen Dragon and his orchestra. I'll dance at your wedding. I'll dance at your wedding. I'll dance at your wedding. I'll have a wonderful time. I'll drink to your father. I'll drink to your mother. Then I'll have another for old anxiety. I'll kiss all the bachelors, the young and old, and then I'll have myself another drink and kiss them all again. I'll dance at your wedding. I won't miss that wedding. I'll dance at your wedding. Am I gonna shine at your wedding? And my wedding, yours and mine. And here is your host for the evening, Donna Michi. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and good evening. Tonight we have as a guest a gentleman whose vision and genius have made it possible for people of small means to enjoy a comfortable home. Winner of over two dozen awards in national and worldwide architectural competitions, author and lecturer. It's my pleasure to present the Dean of Modern Architects, Richard Neutra. Mr. Neutra. Thank you. Before we begin, Mr. Neutra, I'd like you to meet some of the people on our show. This is Francis Langford. Mr. Neuter? It's always a pleasure to meet a lovely lady. Thank you. He may be an architect, but he's got the same old plans. <laughs> All right, Carmen. This is Carmen Dragon, Mr. Neutra. Mr. Dragon is a member of the vast army of music lovers. May I say that I enjoy your orchestra very much. Oh, thank you. And as a member of the vast army of home seekers, I like your houses, too. Say, uh, you haven't got a two-family bungalow. Stop that, Carmen. <laughs> Neutra's an architect. He doesn't sell houses. No, I designed them, Mr. Dragon. Oh. Well, my brother-in-law needs a new house. Right now, he lives in a hot water flat in Coldwater Canyon. <laughs> a hot water flat? Well, maybe it's a cold water flat in Hot Water Canyon. Anyway, he wants to move out. What's his address, Mr. Dragon? You mean you design a new house for him? No, but I said a brother-in-law would like to move into his old one. <laughs> well, that's that Mr. Neutra, among our listeners tonight There may be many aspiring home builders How about a tip or two from an expert in modern architecture? Very well My advice to them is to think of a house Not just as a place to stay But as a, a flower pot from which life will bloom The best modern architects design buildings According to the idea of functionalism You mean any architectural feature Which serves no purpose but that of ornamentation Is to be avoided It's about like this 
I personally wouldn't waste my time for over the plastic beauty if the basic proportions are not harmonious. No, neither will I. If they haven't got nice legs, I never bother looking at their faces. <laughs> Of course, since, uh, since the girls started wearing long dresses, I had to rely on my memory. Frank! But I... Huh? <laughs> no girls. What? We're just chatting about houses. Oh, girl chat. Well, what, what, what's it about? Mr. Morgan, it was about to give a few tips. Oh, well, I'm sorry, my good man, but I never deal with touts. However, if you've got something hot in the fourth of Santa Anita... Oh, please, Mr. I've Morgan, he's not a racetrack tout. Then why does he press the... Be- oh, hello, my dear. Hello. Well, <laughs> aren't you the barmaid at the cock and bull? Barmaid? I hardly recognize you without your padded apron and bung starter. <laughs> I haven't seen you since I drank a gallon of beer out of your dainty slipper. That's enough for me. Good night, gentlemen. <laughs> what happened? Mr. Morgan, uh, well, don't rush me, son. I'll look at your scratch sheet later. What scratch sheet? I knew he was a horse doper the minute I saw him. Horse doper? Pull out your racing form and let me have a look at your horse, dope. Uh, <laughs> have you just come from the stable? Frank. What? He doesn't come from the stable. Well, he's got that certain air about him. <laughs> Aren't you Louis the Owl? I'd like to explain, Mr. Morgan. I yeah. get an income by advocating... A certain type of house. Well, there's nothing to be ashamed of unless the dice are crooked. I had an uncle who ran a shell game in an oyster bar. That is, until they clamped down on him. He, uh, Frank, Frank, this Poor old Dodger fell into the lobster pot and was shipped to the cannery with two tons of seafood. Our whole family gave up eating chowder after that. <laughs> How long have you been steering the suckers? Frank. What? Have you ever heard of California's leading modern architect, Richard Neutra? Heard of him? Most incompetent man I ever met. Crooked, too. I thought he got bumped off. Bumped off? Yes, a very distasteful matter. He stole the sketches for the city dog pound and got caught with his plans down. <laughs> he made a good target. Frank, for the... Frank, don't say another word. Mm. This gentleman is I... Richard Neutra, the architect. Well, I do... He... Oh, uh, You... She? Oh, no. We're a rich gentleman. Yes, yes. He's Neutron. He didn't get bumped off. He's very much alive, you goose. Yeah, he's a live goose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that duck. Uh, where, uh, I guess I better get out of here. Come back here. Come back here, you faker. Apologize to Mr. Neutron. Oh, that is not necessary, sir. I know Mr. Morgan by reputation. I'm certain he was just joshing me. Why, bless your heart. Of course. I recognize you instantly, Mr. Goiter. My name is Neutra. N-E-U-T-R-A. N-E-U-T-R-A, yes. That's something spelled backwards, isn't it? (laughs) You can't be polite to a windbag like this. I don't like to intrude, Don, but it seems to me you might show Mr. Morgan a little more courtesy. Well, what a timely distraction. You're that plump young chef from the pig and whistle. (laughs) Pull up a pig and whistle. Uh, Pardon? How thoughtful of you to bring us a snack before dinner. I see your hip pockets are just bulging with ground round. Oh, why don't you stop, Frank? <laughs> you know very well he's our announcer. He is? He doesn't look like that obnoxious lard bucket, Marvin Miller. That's me. I'm that obnoxious lard bucket, Mr. Morgan. Well, my apologies, sir. Allow me to introduce you to the greatest modern architect, Mr. Gumboyle. This is Mr. Lardbucket. <laughs> 
Mr. Gumboil? Lard bucket. Oh, Frank, where, where did you get that gumboil and lard bucket? I don't know, but I'd like to get rid of them. I... Mr. Morgan, I don't want to bother you. Well, you do, you know. I'm sorry, but I heard you discussing architecture, and I've been studying ancient buildings for years. Right now, I'm all wrapped up in Gothic pillars. Oh, is that what it is? I thought you had a mattress stuffed in your pants. Oh, I can't stand any more of this. Mr. Neutra, I'm sorry you've had to put up with all of Morgan's foolishness. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Norm. Well, Wager, Mr. Morgan knows as much about modern architecture as I do. I do? I mean, I do. Yes. The Morgans have been architects for generations. Beginning with my grandfather, Blueprint Morgan, down to my Uncle Stucco and my Aunt Rafter. <laughs> Yeah, hefty old buttress. <laughs> Always hung from the ceiling when she was plastered. What a wonderful family. Yes, it was mainly through her efforts that I received my first architectural assignment. You were quite young, I suppose. No, I suppose so. At the age of 12, I designed a building for an Italian nobleman that was two miles long and a half inch wide. Two miles long and a half inch wide? What did he keep in it? Spaghetti. <laughs> Before I reached manhood, I astounded the American Institute of Architects by building the foundation for Vassar University, using nothing but two iron stays and a large girdle. Girder! <laughs> yeah, no doubt you've heard of the Morgan Foundation. Oh, of course, sir. Uh, of course, sir. Yeah. You should get a good lacing for that, Dodger. <laughs> Don't you think so, too, Mr. Tolstoy? <laughs> no, it's right. Yeah. Go beyond the Vassar Foundation, Mr. Morgan. Unfortunately, I was forced to abandon the project because of a minor disagreement with a dean of women. She approved my plans for the main buildings, but didn't like my designs on the girls' dormitory. <laughs> it was then I decided to conquer the field of modern construction. You gave up the old-fashioned entirely? No, but I cut down to 19 a day. <laughs> In no time at all, I designed and executed an ultra-modern bungalow employing an early principle of heat pressure on lumber and using a flank of scorified support. A flank of scorified support? What's that? A side of baked beans. I'll have an order of fried peas. Ketchup? Just a barrel. Well, that'll be 35. What are we talking <laughs> Oh, I'm not going to stand around oh, here. Oh, please, please don't go, Mr. Morgan. Oh. I want to hear more about your experiments in architecture. Yeah, all right. It was almost 25 years ago that I started building a bridge over the Midwest portion of the Potomac River. My bid was the lowest, and I was awarded the contract, naturally. What was your bid? Pretty low. How I, low? Well, I, I agreed to furnish my own material and build the bridge for $240. Credit. <laughs> I don't believe it myself. Uh, I do. How long did it take you, Mr. Morgan? Operations began on the 9th of June, 1923. By the 10th, it was obvious I'd made a bad bargain. But a Morgan's word is his bond. Uh-huh. Single-handed, I dredged and filled, built coffer dams and riveted steel. The massive span lengthened day by day, and three months later, during a heavy fog, the city fathers gathered for the opening ceremony. This is exciting. The mayor went the honor of crossing my bridge in his official car. With a great flourish, the ribbon was broken, and he started on his way across the Potomac while I watched with bated breath. I bet I know what your breath was bated with. Silence! <laughs> Whole town turned out for five hours. A steady stream of automobiles passed the toll gate. Since I had been promised a percentage of the toll, my happiness knew no bounds. Had you been collecting for 25 years? No, after the first day, the receipts dwindled to nothing. 
Well, didn't the public like your bridge? Well, they liked it all right, but there was one thing wrong with it. What was that? It didn't quite reach the other side. Langford sings these foolish things. A cigarette that bears a lipstick traces, an airline ticket to romantic places, and still my heart has wings. These foolish things remind me of you. A tinkling piano in the next apartment Those stumbling words that told you what my heart meant A fairground faded swing These foolish things remind me of you You came, you saw, you conquered me
now, here are Don Amici and Francis Langford as John and Blanche Bickerson in The Honeymoon is Over. Three o'clock in the morning finds Mrs. Bickerson and Dr. Hersey at the bedside of poor husband John, victim of undulant insomnia, as he reaches the crisis during an acute attack of the dread ailment. Listen. accompanied by cogwheel breathing. Some people acquire the habit because of too rapid feeding during infancy. Was your husband a bottle baby? If he was, he's never been weaned. <laughs> but I'm breaking him now. When he went to sleep tonight, I hid his last three bottles in the chandelier. I think you'd better persuade him to come down for an examination, Mrs. Bickerson. Now, I hope he'll go. I haven't had a good night's sleep for so long, I'm a nervous wreck. Well, if you walk out to my car with me, I'll let you have a couple of sleeping pills. All right, Doctor. One second till I look in and see if John's still sleeping. <laughs> He's still going strong. Blanche, why don't you say something? I know you're there. I can hear you keeping quiet. <laughs> oh, Blanche. There's the light. What's the idea of... Well, she's gone. Blanche! Maybe some prowler came... Oh, to heaven. If somebody broke in and carried off... To... Oh, this is the end. How could such a thing happen to me? Number, please. Get me the police department. Police department? This is John Bickerson, 224 Crump Street. Send a squad car over right away. What's the trouble? Somebody stole my bourbon. <laughs> Three bottles. Oh, yes, my wife's gone, too. Uh, can you uh, supply a description? Yes. They were four years old, bottle and bond. They all had green labels, and one of the corks was chipped right where the revenue came. No, had. no, no. I mean a description of your wife. Oh. Well, she's... Kind of, uh, she's, she's got, I'll mail you a picture in the morning. Never mind, we'll look for the bourbon. Oh, thanks. I gotta lie down. What have I done to deserve this? Oh, I hope she's all right. Hey, maybe she walked out on me. I should have been more considerate. I've been keeping her awake for years. 
I'm so upset. I, I, I can't. John. Mm -hmm. Is that you, Blanche? Yes, it's me. Who sent for that squad car full of policemen? I did. Well, you better do something. They just arrested Dr. Hersey. Dr. Hersey? Was he here? Yes, and they would have taken him to jail if it hadn't been for me. Why did you send for the police? Honey, I woke up and saw your bed was empty. I thought somebody broke into the house and I went crazy. You can imagine how I felt when I found my precious joy had disappeared. My very life had gone. I searched everywhere. Did you look in the chandelier? Oh, so that's where you hid him. <laughs> okay, now I can sleep in peace. Good night, Blanche. Don't you want to know why Dr. Hersey was here? No. He wants to see you in his office at 9 o'clock tomorrow. What for? He's going to examine you for $20. If he finds it, I want half. <laughs> Don't be funny, John. I'm not being funny. I'm sleepy. I went to bed late, Blanche. It's your own fault. Nobody told you to stay up till 2 o'clock fiddling around in the kitchen. I wasn't fiddling around. You wanted me to fix the electric iron and the vacuum cleaner, didn't you? Well, I fixed them both. Do they work? They work fine, except the vacuum cleaner burns holes in the rug. <laughs> I think I must have got the wires crossed. I can imagine the mess you must have left in the kitchen. There's no mess. Did you lock the porch door? Mm. Are the lights out? Lights out. Did you water the plants? Yes. Are you sure you watered the plants? Blanche, I watered the plants, I grained the canary, I boned the dog, and I milked the cat. <laughs> let me sleep. Because somebody has to see the things are taken care of in this house. Every time you leave the kitchen, I find the icebox door open, okay. all the cupboards, all the bread box. It's no use. I'll just have to follow behind you shutting up all the time. You say it, but you won't do it. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, I'm going to talk. There's a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Oh, dear. You're tired of me, aren't you, John? No, no, I'm just tired. Seeing the way you act now, I can't believe you ever loved me. Oh, Blanche. Well, you're never sweet or solicitous. You'd only give me the least attention. I'd give you the least attention I ever gave anybody. <laughs> no, that's, that's not what I mean. Why don't you ever tell me you love me? I always tell you. But I have to goad you. Well, that's because you want me to say it 50,000 times a day. Maybe I do. That's the only way I can be sure that you'll never stop loving me. Blanche, I'll love you as long as the moon is glowing, as long as the stars are twinkling. I'll love you as long as the sun is shining. Satisfied? No, you'll only love me as long as the weather is nice. <laughs> I will not. I'll love you in rain. I'll love you in snow. I'll love you in hail. What more do you want? <laughs> do I ever ask you to tell me you love me? That's another thing that upsets me. Why don't you ask me? All right. Do you love me? No. <laughs> no. That'll teach you not to take me so much for granted. Other men think I'm pretty attractive, you know. I can tell you plenty. Oh, not tonight. Believe me, there's better fish in the ocean than the one I caught. There's better bait, too. <laughs> John Biggerson, just for that, I'll never do another thing for you. No more cooking. Oh, good. No more laundry. Wonderful. Maybe you won't be so smug if you don't get a clean tablecloth. I can eat without a tablecloth. I'm not talking about eating. What do you mean? What do you think you're sleeping on? <laughs> what happened to the bed sheets? Why do I have to sleep on a tablecloth? Well, it was too soiled to use on the table, but not dirty enough to go to the laundry. <laughs> now listen to me, Blanche. I work hard for a living, and I want to sleep on a bed sheet. That's too bad. From now on, I'm not going to do a lick of work in this house unless I get paid for You it. get paid plenty. I mean, I want a regular salary, just like you get. Okay, I'll pay you a salary. I'll pay you exactly what you're worth. I won't work that cheap. <laughs> I want $50 a week, and I want a maid. You had a maid. Yes, but how long was she with us? She was never with us. She was against us from the start. 
Well, I can't afford to pay you $50 a week. I only make $60 myself. Then why don't you ask for a raise? You said you were going to ask for one. Did you do it? Did I do what? Ask for a raise. I refuse to discuss my business with you. Just answer my question. Did you or didn't you ask for a raise? Blanche, when the time is propitious, I'll ask for a raise. What's more, I'll get it. No, you won't. All right, so I won't. I happen to know you won't get a raise. How do you know? Because I called your boss and asked for one. <laughs> what? I called your boss and asked for a raise. Oh, Blanche. Blanche, you didn't. How could you have it? What did he say? He turned you down. Oh, oh. Now look, Blanche. He said your he... mind wasn't on your work and you spent half the day at the office sleeping. That's because you keep me awake all night. Oh, what am I going to do? No woman calls her husband's boss for a raise. How will I face the man tomorrow? You don't have to. I quit for you. <laughs> How could you do such a thing? I've been working there 16 years. I started as an office boy. I worked my way up to shipping oh, clerk. Oh, don't get hysterical. It's not the only job in the world. Besides, you never made enough to keep me decently clothed. I haven't got a rag to my name. You got a closet full of rags. I'm the one who hasn't got anything. Not much more than I have. Last year, I bought your fur coat, a $1,200 bald mink. Christmas, I bought you a muff, genuine pluck skunk. And who paid for your formal bed jacket? Don't scream at me. I deny myself everything. My clothes are in shreds. I'm the only man in town with a midriff shirt and bareback pants. <laughs> I use leg paint to save on socks. I've been making over your old bloomers. Drop dead. Hello, Mickerson. What do you want? This is your boss, Mr. Guernsey. Oh. I know this is an unearthly hour to call, but I haven't been able to sleep. Oh? I'm afraid I was a bit hasty when your wife called me, and I've, I've been thinking it over. Well, you have? Yes. She's a pretty sensible woman and more than fair. I want you to come back to work, and I'm going to give you a $25 raise. Oh, you shouldn't have... All right, 15. <laughs> You'll be in tomorrow, won't you, Bickerson? I certainly will. Good night. Who was it, John? That was my boss. You know, I had a clout you. But I think I'll kiss you instead. Oh, John. Of all the blundering, troublesome women, you're the worst, Blanche. Somehow you get lucky. I don't know what you said to the old crab, but he's giving me a $15 raise. If you'd have kept your big mouth shut, you'd have got the whole 25 <laughs> Good night, John. Good night, Blanche. Tell 
Frank Morgan Show with Don Amici, Francis Langford, Carmen Dragon, and the orchestra and the whole gang has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details